minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Please welcome Jewish music international sensation off of his amazing Keep Climbing album, the one and only Abraham Freed!
Piscotti on the little flute there. A little solo. Here, Piscotti.
scattered to the four winds. We lost our home, our land, our temple, and freedom. We leave through everything they could give us. And by the hand of God, we're back with a brand new beginning. Coming home. Chosen people are gonna start coming home. Chosen people are gonna start coming home. Back to Canaan, milk and honey in the promised land. It's one big family reunion in the family of man. Jewish 
like my Zaddy was And no one cared enough to shed a tear But Zadie made us laugh Wrong from right Many winters went by Many summers came along And now my children sit In front of me And who will be the Zadies Of my children Who will be their Zadie If not me
JM in the AM. Mia Deer from the Roth and Green CD here at the JM in the AM. That is um, Avrami Roth and Yossi Green together on that one. Uh, before that, Al Hamazon with the song Poseach. Shlomo Katz from the Yes Legacy with My Zaydi. Aryeh Kunstler before that with Coming Home. Mayor Solomon had Hadaluhu. Uh, Avramel, Avram Freed with Hafachta and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. JM and the AM Thursday on this October 10th, 10 13 The sixth day in the month of Maracheshvan, the year 5774. Tough Shinai and Dalit, 54 degrees, 74% humidity. Windsor West, 13 miles per hour. Rain today with a high temperature of 59. Then tonight, rain, low 58. Tomorrow, rain, a high 61. Oh, boy, I didn't realize we have wet weather setting in in this area. Make sure you have your bumper shoot, everybody. Uh, right now, 88 in uh, Yerushalayim. Uh, Tel Aviv and Haifa at 82. 88 in Eilat. We're at 54 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Well, Rabbi David Heber is scheduled to join us later this morning. You know what that means. We get to analyze the Jewish calendar and ask Rabbi Heber some of the interesting questions that are out there. Regarding 5774, that'll be coming up later this morning right here at JM in the AM. I'm looking forward to I have a couple of things to speak to Rabbi Heber about. Oh, by the way, if you have a question relating to the uh, relating to this very topic, the calendar, 5774, I'd like you to uh, let me know. Yeah. I'd like you to email me or uh, find me on Facebook and post it somewhere. Let me know what uh, you'd like asked Rabbi Heber. So we can go ahead and uh, include your question, your idea, regarding the calendar of 5774. He is our calendaric maven, and he'll be invited to us about an hour from now right here at JM in the AM. Ari Goldwag is next. Keep it at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. Played that song a lot during uh, Elul and Tishrei, and it is just amazing. Shuvu, Dumbaya, Eitan Katz, of course, here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, Baruch Levine, that was called Toda, the Chevra with Kitov. Oneg Shemesh, who was here Monday and was brilliant in concert here at J.M. in the A.M. That's his uh, Animamin. Shlomo Kalbach with Acha Shoalti, Ari Goldwag had Am Echad. JM and the AM, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. We are, uh, I know this is rare, but we are having trouble with our news from Israel. I know that's a rarity. Hardly ever happens. <laughs> if we get it on in the next few seconds, obviously we'll have it for you. Uh, here at JM and the AM, and if not, then uh, we will continue on with our great radio broadcast. Right, David Heber is going to join us in the 7 o'clock hour. We've got a Jewish calendaric situation to discuss. What is the year 5774 like? Rabbi Heber will enlighten us coming up here at JM and the AM. Looking forward to that. We always look forward to his visits. We always look forward to his insight. And uh, today is no exception. Uh, all right, we'll move into the 7 o'clock hour, hour number two of our program, and thank you for tuning in. It's JM in the AM on a Thursday morning. We've got a full Thursday lineup coming up on jmintheam.org, and I mean a full Thursday lineup. The Book of Life with Charlie Harari follows this program at 9 o'clock. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach at 10 a.m. I'll give you her guest list coming up. Sound Advice, Dr. David Lieberman coming up at 1 after the live lunch. Stunt Show. Um, my interview with Rabbi Binyamin Lau by the book uh, that we did earlier this week. Uh, that's going to be on starting at uh, 4 o'clock, album of the week. Mark Zomik will be choosing one later on. I'll be hosting spin class for Michael Fragan between 6 and 7. And uh, that's until after the election of November the 5th. We have a full schedule online today at jmnam.org. Make sure to be tuned in and enjoy all day long. Here's Yaakov Shweki.
JM in the AM. Thursday morning, Misha Shikane comes from Yitzi Spinner. Before that, the Y Studs and Mivon Siach. Yaakov Shweki had the dance medley off live in Nokia. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, just about 15 minutes from now, Rabbi David Heber is going to join us. He's been with us before on calendaric inquiries and queries. He'll join us during this leap year of 5774. And, uh, enlighten us. Yes, we will talk about Thanksgiving and Hanukkah. Yes, we will. <laughs> and a whole bunch of other stuff, including, I'm going to ask Rabbi Heber about this. Well, you know what? You'll find out in 15 minutes what I'm going to ask Rabbi Heber. It's a question that was brought to light, uh, after the funeral, or maybe during the funeral of Haravavad Yosef. We'll discuss that with him coming up here at JMD. And Malcolm Holmline tomorrow, the Conference of Presidents has their big 50th anniversary tribute dinner. I am told that some former chair people of the Conference of Presidents will join us tomorrow morning to discuss for a few minutes the last 50 years. Of course, Malcolm Holmline will be with us at 740 for the weekly update. That is something we present every single week here at JM and the AM. So if you want to know about some of the crazy things going on in this world of ours, if you want to know about fighting terrorism around the world that the United States continues to do, if you want to know about Israelis who are winning Nobel Prizes, if you want to hear Malcolm's take on the influence of Haravavad Yosef during his life in uh, Israel, tune in tomorrow morning, 7.40 in the morning, right here at JM in the AM. You won't want to miss it. That I guarantee you. Uh, 21 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's Thursday. I want to thank everybody who's tuned in on their way to school, on their way to work. Um, I met a couple of really nice folks last night in Midtown Manhattan. Listeners of this radio broadcast, I greatly appreciate the effort that people go to switching between apps and radio and listen lines and all the other methods to make sure to catch every minute of this show. It is greatly appreciated, and I thank everybody who came over to say hi. JM in the AM, as we continue... With Except Saturday.
J.M. and the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. Matis is putting together a great show for um, uh, this coming Sunday morning. Uh, Jamie Geller, internationally acclaimed uh, author, cookbook uh, chef, all that stuff. Uh, she'll be joining Matis about her brand new book coming up this Sunday on J.M. Sunday, which is on the web between 7 and 9 Eastern Time on our stream at jmnam.org, so make sure to be tuned in. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Simcha. The great Sadiq Rebaruch of Kosov once said, The Simcha that a person does a mitzvah with is even more chashuv and more important in the eyes of Hashem than the mitzvah itself, because simcha, happiness, causes the shechina to dwell together with us. The great Sadiq Rabbi Yisrael of Rishon once said, Choshishani, I'm afraid, Shepoyshe Yisrael mizumonim afheim, that those that sin in Klal Yisrael, that they are also invited, lechaye olam to be members of the next world. Kivin Shekoyimeyem, because all of their days, Shruyim Besimcha, are spent in happiness. However, it is not always easy for one to be happy. There are reasons for sadness and things that are sometimes beyond our control that cause us to be down. The great Goin Rebel Chunan Wasserman asks, How does one make the transition from a state of sadness to one of joy? At a dedication of the Varanovich Yeshiva, Rebbe Chonin began to speak words of Musr, and then he explained his reason for doing so. One time, there was a king who called his countries together for a joyous celebration. It seems that his own young son, the prince, was in a depression. The king thought that a big party might improve his spirits. The tables were set, the orchestra played, and everybody was happy. The party was a big hit, except for the prince, who sat despondently, as depressed as he ever was. The king then turned to his advisors and asked, Can you think of any way for this party to be success, and that my son should finally cheer up? They began offering all types of recommendations, however none were effective. Finally, one of the advisors said, Play a soulful, sad song. The others looked at him. How could that ever help? However, the king followed his advice. And as they began playing the sad and slow tune, the festive mood dissipated and the ambiance completely changed. The young prince began to respond to the new music. His eyes welled up with tears and he let out a soulful cry. All the advisors began to look with disapproval at the one who came along with this idea. But just then, he signaled that the band should change to a more lively and joyous type of music. The prince, whose heart and soul were drawn by the soulful music, now became swept up in the changed mood. He started clapping and dancing along with everyone else. Rebbe Chonin explained to the people of Baranovich, that at a time when a person has simcha and others around him were still in their own personal tsar, they would need to be brought from level to level, from their sadness to a state of joy. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik.
Have a nice day. JM and the AM. Thank you very much, Rabbi Goldwasser. Rabbi David Heber is with us live via telephone. We love saying that on the air. We love having Rabbi Heber with us on the subject of the Jewish calendar. The um, the um, leap year of 5774 is a very interesting one. We get to analyze it with Rabbi Heber this morning at JM and the AM. Rabbi David Heber is Kashrus Administrator at the Star K. He's also the... Uh, Rabbi of Congregation Avas Yisrael, uh, Tzemach Tzedek of Baltimore, Maryland. Rabbi David Heber, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, good morning. I good to to you and all your listeners. You must be craving this appearance. It's been so long since we've spoken to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, folks. I have to I have to beg Rabbi Heber to adjust his schedule to join us. So yeah, it is always, I. Always great to, to talk about this with you. I appreciate that. Now, am I right or wrong? And I and I don't like speaking about God forbid negative things in a public forum. But it, but it seems to be to many a Dua known entity. Tell me if you've ever heard of this. There is a. I have been told that there is a special. I don't want to say fear. That may be the a bad thing to say, especially publicly. But, but there's a special tension about a leap year. Some have claimed, and I, and I think it was attributed to the Lubavitcher Rebbe who said it, that there's a special tension to a leap year. And and some have told me, and again, I don't know if this is a you know an old wives' tale or actually happened that that Rosh Hashanah of a leap year for oh no no. Okay, I'm 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 about to quote something different now. I think I've got you know. Okay, Rabbi Heber, you have to you have to issue it. You have to issue a some forgiveness for me here. I think I'm confusing two different issues. Isn't there something about a year where we where we have Rosh Hashanah, the first day of Shabbos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I am I apologize. I'm confusing the situation. There is there is something about not being able to blow show for the first day of Rosh Hashanah that has been spoken about, correct? Correct, okay. correct. But also the leap year that you're, you're oh, touching on. Oh, thank you, yeah. There is something that, that some say the Ulechaparas Pasha, which is said by, um, there are actually several Benhagim. On Rosh Hashanah. Right. I think the most prevalent is, is to say it from Rosh Chodesh Cheshven through Rosh Chodesh Adar in other right. words, which would be the first half of the leap year, which right. we, we just began now, and you say that 13th Lushan, the 13th terminology, uh, which means to to atone for uh, for, sit, for 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 our various, for our pshat, for our sins. Usually we say 12 in Rosh Chodesh, and the Musaf we say 12 terminology, 12 Lushanis, um, and the 13th one is for that extra month. So it's just interesting that of the different terminology that we use, there's all sorts of, you know, very, very nice Lushanis that we say. Um, but here, when it comes to that leap month, that extra one, it relates to our sins. So I've heard, and, and actually did a little bit of research on this before, on, on, uh, I spoke about this on Friday night. I said a little, little, a little vart after Kabbalah Shabbos, so I, I talked about this. And um, I, I couldn't find this anywhere inside. I mainly found the different minhagim of when to say it. But because it's an extra month, which means there's more Averis, because people have more opportunities. Uh, now, of course, there's more mitzvahs, too. Right. But we're always, you know, we're always on guard for, right. uh, and that's the, the beauty in Kali Yisrael, is that, of course, we're always looking to do more mitzvahs, but then we're always, uh, you know, lo- looking and being careful that when we do Chatam, we have, uh, when we do Averis, we have the, the Kapara. So on the, on the word Kapara, someone, I saw this, that, you know, in English, how do you say Yom Kippur? Or kapara. Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement. So, someone told, recently told me 
the word atonement, if you, if you look at it in English, what, is it, what does it really spell? It's at one, right? It's like at one minute. So whoever, right. whoever defined the word into English, it's, it's the whole Indian of Yom Kippur as a person is, uh, there's a lot of at ones on right. Yom Kippur. We're right. at one with the Rebana Shalala, right. who's, uh, who's Echad, and we're at one with ourselves and that we recognize who we are, Manu Mechayenu. The one most important and, day of the year. And the <laughs> one most important day of the year, and where there's certain achtas within Kla Yisrael right. that we have. So it's just interesting that the, the way to atone is to be, is to be at one. Wow. Um, so the famous, again, the, the tale that I've heard, that it was difficult to blow, that the only time it was difficult to blow a chauffeur at a very famous synagogue was, was, was I wonder, maybe someone can enlighten me out there, unless you know Rabbi Heber, it was either the Rosh Hashanah of a leap year or it was the Rosh Hashanah where you only blew chauffeur one day. I don't know what, what, what the story, what the tale is attributed to, but if anybody knows, uh-huh. they, should, they should certainly let me know. Um, okay. So 2020 is the next time we have that, so you have a few years. 2020 is the next time that Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos? Yes. Why is that such a break? Tough Shimpei Aleph. Wow. Uh, just the way the Milad uh, falls out. And, what, know, and new, what's with all the... New and, moon is what you, the term is Rosh Hashanah. And you know what we balabatim ask people like you? Why all these three-day yuntifs now? Uh, we're in, we're in, a, we're in a, a five-year, uh, four or five... Um, we had we have this. It's just the way Wait, the one it, it that all j- fell out. Actually, the, way, year, the, the, was, the, the one that just passed was one of the five. Was one of the five. It was <sighs> four of five. So that's three out of four coming up. No, so we're, we're done with three. In other words, let's see. From the year we're in now, 2013. So 2011 and 12. No, I'm sorry, 2010 and 11. Ah, so we're year four now. And then 13 four. and 14. Right. You have Rosh Hashanah falling out on Thursday, and that middle year, which means the last year, 2012, it was on um, Monday. Right. Now, the next five years, after these five years, it flips, and that is we're going to have four out of five on Monday, with the middle one falling out on um, on, uh, on a Thursday. So Erev Rosh Hashanah and Erev Sukkot and all these other days that people need to take off from work will all be Sunday for a big stretch of time. Correct. Correct. Good to know. So if it's, it's you know a shot it could be four different days of the week, but over a ten year span, there of which we're in the fourth fourth year, they're coming out uh, only two of the possible days of the week. Uh, right. Tuesday won't be on Tuesday till 2021. It won't be on on Shabbos till 2020. Our family, on a personal note, our family had personal losses. Adar Aleph, the last time we had a leap year, and Adar Aleph, the time before that, that was a leap year. So we are hoping that this is a year of bracha where we celebrate only simchas together. Amen, amen. Right, your father's yard site is uh... father's yard site. Adar Aleph, and then my brother, the next Adar Aleph, passed away. Oh, so know. it's a you know we just want to we want we want to get through this year, Bezrat Hashem, Beliai and Hara, with as much simcha as possible, and everybody out there, we should all celebrate. Together, Rabbi David Heber is with us live via telephone. Okay, the big question of the week, and even though it's Cheshvan, and we usually speak to Rabbi Heber this time of year to get an overview of the year, why did I have the impetus to call Rabbi Heber this week? Harav Avad Yosef passed away. His memory should be a blessing for all of us. One of the most amazing things about the aftermath of his passing is the number of people who gathered in the holy city of Jerusalem to pay final respects to Harav Avad Yosef. And Rabbi Heber, I told you that I discovered from some of my listeners that there is a Talmudic passage that speaks about a special bracha that must be said or should be said, or maybe there's a custom to say, you'll enlighten us, when a minimum of 600,000 people gather together. 
What were your thoughts when you heard about the numbers that police were reporting in Jerusalem during uh, the funeral earlier in the week and knowing this passage of the Talmud? Okay, so there's a Gemara Brachas on Dafnun Chesam and Aleph, and the Shulchan Aruch and Siman Reish Chaf Dalit Sif Hey says this this halacha that you're mentioning that when you see Haraya, when you see six hundred thousand people, um, you make the Bracha Baruch Ata Hashem El Kerem El Chacham Harazim, which means literally the sage of the secrets. And here we're referring. It's interesting. We're referring to um, to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam as the Chacham who knows. Secrets of that all these six hundred thousand people are are you know no I don't know what you're thinking you don't know what I'm thinking you have many listeners out there everyone is thinking thinking something else and and therefore we we recognize that there are six hundred thousand people which was the number of people by Kabbalah Satira um, it was actually the number of men by Kabbalah Satira but the Pais could say that six hundred thousand could be men and women here it it represents the different dayos in Klal Yisrael which means there the different thought thoughts that people could have when you have um, so many different people you are it, it's almost a um, a, 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 a replay of Kabbalah Satira in the sense that at Kabbalah Satira 600,000 people stood and the Rebbe Shalom knew what all of them were thinking and so, uh, that covered the gamut of what anybody could be thinking so whenever that scene is replicated we go ahead and acknowledge what what God is what, what exactly Exactly. Acknowledge what he's able and to do. And it's interesting after the, the the passing of such a such a gadol that, of course, Klal and their beauty. The one of the discussions is halacha. Right. right? Or, or right. himself would have probably enjoyed the shaila. He <laughs> doesn't speak about it already. I'm not sure of of going through exactly the various halachas and uh, understandings of this. But it's really a, a it's a fascinating bracha and, and represents. Um, some very interesting things. Number one, as Sifsei Chaim points out, that it shows the, the chashivas, the importance of every person. Because when you think about it, what is the Rosh Hashanah is looking down on 600,000 people, and we're reflecting on that moment with the recitation of the bracha. And, and every person is different, which means every person has what to offer. Every day, every, every person's thought, every person's actions, which point come of off, of, off of that thought process. Right. What a person says, um, is, is important, is chashiv, and therefore every person should should realize his place. Because, it, and obviously it relates perfectly to Mamad Har Sinai, because uh, everybody, as much as we are together and, and obviously united in the most unifying scene in Jewish history, we still have our individuality and our own tafkid, our own thoughts, our own direction that we have to use and utilize uh, to the best, uh, to the best po- in the best possible way for Torah and the Jewish world. Correct. Now the other very thing, someone in the office, I, I asked someone in the office yesterday, they, uh, if they know anything on the topic, and um, so he mentioned to me, you know, he, you know we, we spoke about it back and forth a little bit, and then he said, you know, it's interesting when you hear six hundred thousand people, you would think that the bracha is really signifying the achdus of Kla Yisrael. Right. We're really, in, as you're saying, it really represents the individuality right. of Kla Yisrael. But I saw Ben Yehoyada late last night, which would be very appropriate to say, Lil Nishmaster of Yosef Ben Yehoyada, of course, was the great. Um, Sfardi Rav, who who wrote so many different svarim on uh, halacha ben Ishchai and and so on, and his classic work on uh, on Agada, on all the you know the Gemaras that speak about the, the stories in the Gemara and all the, the Agadata. So he says on this something something really very unbelievable, and that is that that the world can only function because of our individuality, meaning 
that if imagine if everybody in the world, or every yid, let's say, or everybody in the world at large, had the same thought process and the same interests. Those, uh, I was thinking of a good example. Imagine everyone would be Nachum Siegel. We all just want to be talk show hosts, <laughs> right? There'd be there'd be nothing else. Who would who would be taking care of this and that? And we'd have the same interests, the same foods, right? The grocery shelves would be you know whatever you like to eat. It wouldn't be on the shelf, and the, the rest of the shelves would be full of items that that you know nobody you would ever like, buy, right? Right. So so the, the Baruch created a world where everybody is different. Their parts of, parts of fame are. are our appearance is different, our faces are different, our days are different, we have different interests, and therefore everybody's able to get along because you know, you're not taking what I want and I'm not taking what you want, and the world's able to live in harmony because of, of those differences. I thought that answer, and I'm going to go back to office today and tell them, it does talk about the actors because actors comes because of individuality. Oh, Gavaldic, right. That said, that's that the whole source of it is our individual behaviors, our individual interests. Of course, and of course we got to come together. Even though our day right. is different, that we we have different uh, right. you know, ideals and um, uh, d- different goals and so on. But of course we have to harmonize those together, whether it be in our homes and in, in our shuls, in our communities, and in Gans Yisrael. Rabbi Dov- oh, sorry, Rabbi David Heber with us live via telephone. So um, the, the real issue then is this is more for us a philosophical idea, meaning that no matter what. You cannot, uh, uh, maybe it'll be different once the Messiah arrives, but I don't think we could ever rely on police estimates or who knows what area, you know, even, even, you still there, Rabbi Heber? I'm here, I'm here, yeah. Even, even though we're told that there's 600,000, it's Haroa, right? You have to like, correct. Not, not everyone could, obviously nobody could see 600,000 colleagues when they're at a funeral or anywhere else in, at a large gathering. So this is more of a, I would guess, not a practical, uh, um, statement by the Gemara, but more of a philosophical one, because I think at least today, I don't know what happened, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago, but today it would it would it would be impossible to to go ahead and authorize that type of blessing and to give your blessing, so to speak, for this type of situation, because just practically, even the police estimates, there are people who said three hundred thousand, there are people who said a million. We don't know where in the middle it really the, the real number really was, and on top of that, you can't see everybody. It, practically, it's not a real issue, correct? Technically, I mean, I guess in theory, if you had um, turnstiles, turnstile uh, <laughs> at a six hundred thousand seat stadium at the time, a six hundred thousand seat stadium, topic. right? What, say it again. I'm sorry. No, it's a Suffolk Brachos. You're right. You didn't right. know when you were standing in the crowd. You didn't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I couldn't find anywhere. If, if let's say there's there are six hundred thousand people, but obviously in a city such as Yerushalayim or any city, there's going to be people around the bends and around the corners and along right. the along the, the, the funeral procession and so on. You know, is that 600,000? Right. You actually have to see them. Technically, if you went up on a helicopter and you knew the 600,000 people that are, right. that again, I mean, a, a stadium fills up. You know, you're talking about uh, 100,000 people. Right. If, if but there if there was, was no, such a know, thing as a 600,000-seat stadium, then obviously you'd know that there's 600,000 people. And, right, even there, if you'd be in it, you would know. But right. besides knowing, you know, technically, like in the midbar, they knew they were there, right. and you were able to see if you were in the right spot. You were able to see technically everybody. So, is it possible to happen in a definitive manner? You know, yes. Um, is it? Um, how practical is it right. to be in that situation where a you know, and 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 b is you know you see that that's not so simple. All so, right, now now answer this for me as I try to go back in the recesses of my mind to my yeshiva education. Isn't there something to do with six hundred thousand in Hilchas Eruv? Am I right or wrong? Yes. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Tell us what it is, because then I need to tell you something. Go ahead. What's the six hundred thousand sure. relation so, to Eruv? 
there's a big machlekes rishayim, a dispute amongst the early commentaries. What constitutes a rishus harabim? Rishus harabim, of course, is an area that one is not allowed to carry um, for amis. Public domain. Which is about seven seven feet, and you can't carry from rishus hayachid, which is inside, to the outside to a public domain. Right. What is a public domain? Um, this is a this is a huge discussion of the rishayim that carries until this day with practical nafkaminas, which mean practical differences, and that is. That and I'll get to the difference. And I'll come back to the six hundred thousand. Is right. that you can only build an eruv in an area that's not a rishas if, if something is a, is rishas arabim, then you cannot build an eruv as we know our classic eruv. You know, right. eruvin. The typical so, uh, fish net, uh, fish wire. What's it called? Fishing wire eruv. Uh, right. Exactly. You can't you put can, that. You can up. do that certainly in your backyard. You could do it uh, certainly on a dead end street. But the question comes: Are our, our streets a rishas arabim? So there are there are those rishayim. Let's say, um, the Allah at the beginning of Simit Taf Mabhei uh, brings this roster of, of Rishainim. Right. I believe it's 12 Rishainim that say that um, you, need, uh, you need to have, um, you know, anything's Rishainim, not anything, but any street, any open street, it connects, you know, this, the big street in Baltimore, Rice Town Road, that connects to, to the Beltway, which connects to the other streets, the other highways and other roads. You talk about a huge area because you're con- it's one big connector. Right. And therefore, that any through street is going to be Rishas Arabim. Uh, but but thirteen Rishinim say that no, you need six hundred thousand people in a, in a certain area. Right. Um, that in order to create a Rishas Arabim, which would mean that generally speaking, many streets would would, would not have that problem. But that allows uh, for for city Erevin. Now, of course, Manhattan has has that issue, and and Brooklyn, which is a, 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 a huge discussion. Of is, is that considered enough, and how right. do you define how much space within do you need six thousand people, which is you know, beyond our discussion? Right. But, that, but that number is a key number. In, so, with that in oh. mind, I just have to tell you, and I may have said this to you already on the air. I have a friend who grew up in Yerushalayim, and said to me, and 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 studied in a cheder in Yerushalayim, and remembers learning this halacha, learning this, you know, uh, point that 600,000 equals Rishus Arabim, right? And beyond that, rather, to say it differently, as you just said, uh, uh, not just Rishus Arabim, that it, it would be beyond the capability of building an Erev, right? Correct. And he remembers his Rebbe in Cheder and Yushalayim saying to the boys, you will never see this in your life. You will never be in a place where there's 600,000 people. Wow. In one day, you know, coming. This is what he says, and then this young man leaves the the isolated areas of uh, of the old city of Jerusalem and ends up one day in Grand Central Station. And wow. he says the first time he walked into Grand Central Station, the first thing he thought of <laughs> was his Rebbe telling him he would never see a place wow. where there's six hundred thousand people. And of course, I would guess I don't know the exact statistics, but that would be an example of a place where if you'd put everybody together who travels there during the day, you'd end up probably with a number like right. that. We're so. close. Well, there is a place that's close. The, the most traveled highway. I, this is based on research I did when I was in Kyle some uh, tw- over twenty years ago. But at the time, the uh, San Diego Freeway, 405 in Los Angeles, between Seal Beach Boulevard and I forgot the other exit, has about, oh, 450, had at the time about 450,000 cars a day. And in those cars in California, there's, uh, on average, we'll say 1.1 people. Right. So you're dealing with about, I don't know, 480,000 people that actually passed that, you know, on that freeway, which is close when you think about it. It's Un- almost half a million people. And you're close to that number. So that obviously, 
that might be a spot. Um, it's hard to get numbers higher than that because of traffic and things like that. Right. But, but, but today, crazy. in 2013, I wouldn't be shocked if, if there are places in the United States that could actually claim a number like that on a daily basis and be accurate. Could be. The thing is, the heavily congested areas, the right. traffic is so slow right. and, and congested, you can't get so many people. So you need a spot where the volume is high and they're able to pass through very, very quickly. By the way, what's the, now that we're already talking about, about other things that, that might be helpful to somebody, what was the, uh, the website where if someone's traveling in a plane, it tells you exactly when to daven and when not to daven? Oh, HighTables.com. HighTables.com. That can be very helpful to a lot of travelers out there. HighTables.com. You literally punch in when you leave and where you're leaving from and where you're going to, and it'll tell you the optimum time to daven. Correct. And, of course, those are, of course, estimates because one thing they don't know, but and he writes this himself. Oh, is the route. The route. They could change it right. on the spot for, for an array of reasons, but right. it does... You see, you shouldn't stick to it to the minute, right. but you should. it does give you a general idea of, uh, look, if it tells you when sunrise is, it'll tell you about when it is, but you could look out your window right. and you could see, okay, you know. Yeah, but it's usually the opposite. We're, we're more concerned usually with, uh, are we going to miss Mincha if it's going to turn dark suddenly, you know, stuff Correct, like that. Correct, correct. I mean, it's a little trickier because right. it's light anyway. You have to try to figure out, you know, when it's that time. Right. Rabbi David Heber's with us. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Baltimore, Maryland, and everywhere else around the world at jmnam.org. That's how Rabbi Heber's uh, constituents listen to JMNAM on a daily basis. So already 20 minutes, and we haven't even gotten to today's topic. So typical of me and Rabbi Heber. So the year 5774, and Rabbi Heber, no need to tell you. I'm sure you've been reminded by plenty of people over the next over the last couple of months, and I, I get emails about this, I think, every single day. Thanksgiving and Hanukkah together, it's a strange one to the point... To the point, not only is it strange calendarically, but it has become, it, it's taken a life on of its own, where people are trying to come up for names of the combination and think of fun things, including turkey stuffing latkes that they might be making <laughs> during the first day of Hanukkah. I mean, this is an unusual combination for the, for uh, the Jewish community of the United States of America. Absolutely. And remember, we spoke about it a long time ago. That's right. We could have, we should have, uh, I know, we could have got to the business, right? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure there'll be turkey menorahs coming out at some point this month. No, I would assume uh, so. Everything. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, you know, the interest has been uh, fascinating. Like, I've also been barraged with people asking, and, you know, you'll be interested in this. And, and there, there was some confusion as far as, you know, people were claiming that it had never happened before. Right. But what they didn't know are the guidelines of Thanksgiving. Right. There's halachas of Thanksgiving. Exactly. Which switched. You see, that's the difference between... So we, we, our Yom Tovim are eternal and never changed. Thanksgiving actually changed, for those of you listeners that uh, don't realize. But in 1942, I believe, it was, it was during the war years, uh, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, together with, uh, I guess, both houses of Congress, passed um, a law changing Thanksgiving. It used to be the last Thursday in November. Right. And it was changed to the fourth Thursday in November. Now, of course, many years that's the same. But right. if you have Thursday, November 28th, or 20, uh, 29th, or 30th, I'm sorry, if Thursday, November 29th, or 30th. Then it would be the previous week. And it would be in our you know, system, current right. system, it would be the previous week. Right. Uh, but in the old system, it was the last week. So they did it, obviously, for for shopping purposes, to give an extra week right. uh, for, for their shopping. But therefore, because of that, um, Thanksgiving in 1888 was uh, was also on the first day of Hanukkah. Uh-huh. Like this year. It was November 29th, 1888. 
And uh, November 30th, 1899, was actually the 28th day of Kislev. It was actually the fourth day of, of Hanukkah. Mm. And even on our current rules in 1861, and, and here's where also people are, uh, you know, I think Lincoln, President Lincoln made it, Law in 1863, but before that, you know, every, all the states were doing it. It was already, uh, it was already, per, you know, practiced. So technically, in 1861, even on the current rules, um, it, uh, you know, it, it would technically work. Right. Plus, they've coincided. I think it was in 90 or 91 or maybe 92. I remember where uh, Shabbos Hanukkah was the first, uh, where Thanksgiving weekend. Right. You'll have the weekend. Right. The weekend will happen. And where Friday still, night was the first night of Hanukkah, and it was Thanksgiving weekend. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. I think it was 92. Right. You'll still have though the ability um, to, to have Hanukkah where it's Thursday night in right. 2070. Right. You'll have um, you know Thursday night will be the first lift, the first right. Me- meeting. Meaning the second day Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, Black Friday will right. be the first day of Hanukkah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Black Friday. So now the big halachic shaila, obviously, because we tra- we traditionally. Do not eat dinner until after the Hanukkah lights are, are lit. Correct? I mean, is that is that is that uh, a correct? Uh, practically speaking, right? Uh, because practically speaking, you're, you're going to wait. I mean, unless you want to eat before, but once once this month, oh, once the time so one second. Early. So if I begin my Thanksgiving suda at three thirty four o'clock, I could break and light at five p.m. Right? Absolutely. Because shkia, I guess, around then would be around four thirty. Oh no, actually, it's November. So it won't really be 4.30. It's still, yeah, I mean, it depends what city you're in. In New York, I guess, about 4.30. No, but about. later, because it's no, it's still November. It'll be, Shkia it's won't still, be probably... No, it's the last, the last week of November is still very close. So to, 4.40, 4.45, right? Very, very close. So That's you're, around last, the latest, the earliest uh, Shabbos of the year. So right. The earliest sunsets of the year. So if you do my system, it's turkey before latkes. If you do the later system, it would be latkes before turkey. I guess, I guess you can write this. <laughs> 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 I'll turkey a lot because yochlu who, huh? <laughs> but once about, but here's something that that people didn't see yet, and that is that you know it's it's interesting the general research of when legal holidays come out on uh, civil you know, legal holidays in the United States fall out on Aryam Taivim or or other days. Right. Um, we had recently Shavuos um, falling out. Memorial Day was Shavuos. Right. Uh, which for some made it much more convenient because right. they only had to take off. Uh, they didn't have to take off any work. Correct. Sunday, Monday. Right. I think it's happening again um, in, in a few years as well. Good to know. But but New Year's Day next year, which is a year in... 2015, you mean? 2015 will be Asar Vateves. A fast day on New Year's. A fast day on New Year's. Last time that happened was 1939. <laughs> so it's been a while, but I saw something, and I just made this discovery last night that I was, as I was looking through um, just uh, some of these dates. In a year... Okay, listen to this carefully, but in a, in a, in normally, in a case where New Year's is Asar Bateves, right? July 4th is going to be Shavasava Thomas. And what happens in 2015? So it was only in 2015 it won't happen because Shavasava Thomas is a Shabbos, so uh-huh. it'll actually fast on the, on the 5th. But did you know that the Declaration of Independence was actually signed on Shavasava Thomas? And 1776. July, 1776. July 4th, 1776 was actually Shavasava Thomas. So, wow. uh, so that, but it's just both come out. And if it's a non-civil leap year, there's no February 29th, and Shabbos Thomas is on a weekday, uh, meaning it's not on Shabbos, then you'll have this uh, um, this scenario where both New Year's, like in 1912. Uh, <laughs> so two days off, I got a fast on two days yeah, off. Two, two, two days. <laughs> I guess if you take off, so it's just, you know, it's, it's home. If uh, I, I find Thursdays at home, if, if Thursdays are hard and fast because the the... A lot of bottle buses are in the kitchen. and uh, Right, like Tana Sester's often on a Thursday, right? 
right? So you have that. Um, or there are other scenarios where you have this double up that right. can actually happen if, if it is a civil leap year and it's pushed off. And that happened in 1920. It happened both in 1901, um, and it'll happen in 2034. We'll have these two Tanesim. So December, so December 31st, 2014, anybody who's staying up to watch the ball drop, they should make sure to have a midnight snack. Absolutely. That's a, <laughs> a Mahudadik midnight snack. <laughs> and also, you didn't even mention what I think is the best thing, the best setup for a working person. When, when Rosh Hashanah and uh, Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres are Shabbos, and Yom Kippur's Columbus Day, it's a dream for people. Oh, they don't, right. have, they don't right. have to take off anything. That year, because Columbus Absolutely. Day is always Monday, so they never have to take off. I, I remember years where there are government workers I know who never had to take off that whole season. That is indeed that's the best. I'm not sure the next time that happens. Oh, you I'm must gonna, you must check it out for we'll me. Have to check that one out. <laughs> Rabbi David Heber is with us. All right, what else do we need to know about five seven seven four Thanksgiving Hanukkah is the big highlight. The massive amount of time between uh, the end of Sukkot and the start of Pesach. I mean, we're talking about a, what we like to call it the Jewish music season. We're talking about a very long season this year, Rabbi Heber. Correct. The longest year possible because it has, Cheshire and Kislev both have 30 days. Wow. Which means it's a 385-day year, which is why, which is actually why the year repeats next year because we're, actually, it's a 55-week year. So it's full 55 weeks. Whew. And a couple other interesting things, which we've had, Numerous times, relatively speaking, in the last few years, but won't have for a while. And that's the Parshas run early because we, we got off to a jump start with Shabbos Barashas. Yeah, we're already up to Lech Lecha, my gosh. We're up to Lech Lecha. And, and what you're going to have, Achrei Mais will be Shabbos HaGadol, which is early. And then Nasai will be before Shavuos, which is usually after. Yeah, it's a very Pinchas. unusual. Pinchas is going to be before Shavuos HaBatamas, which means we're actually going to read the Haftarah of Pinchas, which we usually don't because it's usually during the... Um, during the three weeks, and the Matas Mase split, uh, which has its own uh, issues that come up there with Mase and the reading of Mase. That it's happened a bunch of times. It happened in uh, 05, 08, 11. In 05, my son's bar mitzvah was on a Monday morning of Parsha's Mase, and I remember that um, w- w- there are some people who on uh, m- on Shabbos Mincha Monday and Thursday read a lot more of Mase than what's All in the right. That's Correct, but this won't happen for. This type of year won't happen for 21 years. After so, uh, this, that's a long, it's a long way. The other thing is, we have the most tefillas this year that are possible in the Jewish calendar than any other type of year. There's a couple types of years that have this in leap years, but it's it's not so common. 1,247 tefillas. So we should utilize the tefillas, our, our prayers, to help uh, those that are in need of. So if I want to make every minion, I got to go 1,247 times. You're saying? Correct. Well, if we double up Minchamarov, I guess we'd cut down a little bit on that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, are you counting Musaf, or you're just Musaf, saying... Musaf is independent. Musaf is separate. Ne'ilah is separate. Every right. Shachras, Minchamarov, Musaf, Ne'ilah. Because I, cause I go to a shul that does Shachras and Musaf together, so, you know, we can knock those two, two off at the same okay. time. <laughs> we could do both. You don't say a shir in between. Say, <laughs> I was at a place this year where they uh, made Kiddush in between. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. We did that when I was in the Kyle in San Diego. We had a yeshiva there, and we actually, we used to do that before right. or after laning. Right, we had right before laning. We sat down and made kiddush, and then we learned for whatever. So why do so many people make an issue of the before? I've seen people agree that we could do it after laning. Why do so many people make it an issue if, if, to break for kiddush before laning? Is laning really part of chakras like that? That you have to view it that way? Yeah, um, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Could be there are opinions that say, landing, you know, you. But when you did it, it was literally after Kaddish of Shachris before you took out the Torah. 
Right, correct. That's um, that's wow. what we did in San Diego. Well, if you did it, Rabbi Heber. Now I know. Uh, now I know. I can. The Kyle, the Rishmer Kyle, you know, decided to realize that Brian would flee to Toronto. Uh, now Toronto was that's uh, that's how we did it. But obviously, it was. Uh, it was so what did you have? You, have a, you had a one-hour seder and then you laned? And then we laned. I don't know if it was an hour, but it was it was a seder of I think forty-five minutes, if I remember right. uh, correctly. And then, then we laned and Musaf. Actually, very nice. Very interesting. What do you do? How many times have you been to a shul? Because I don't know what you do in your own shul, but you'll tell us where they break before shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah. So that's mostly. I've never been to a shul that does that. Um, that's a yeshivish thing. It's a big thing in yeshivas where, where they will make kiddush, and that's specifically to make kiddush before midday. That's to make kiddush before midday, and it's also just to give people where sh- yeshivas that will dive in late into the day. Right. People are going to be shvach, they'll be weak as, as the time goes on. We just, we don't have break, we just... Uh, so there's no issue, no, no so uh, you'll tell me... It's Russia, so that people have a chance to, right. if they want to snooze at that point, <laughs> they have that opportunity. But so tell me if I'm right or wrong, there's no issue with, there's nobody who claims it's better to not eat before chauffeur blowing? Uh, that's a discussion also. There's a lot of, that's, that's, as we say in Shiva, that's a lot of raid right. on this topic, a discussion whether to, whether one can eat. Alright, so it's cipher. split. So there are plenty of people who say that you, that you can eat, and there are plenty of people who say you correct, should not eat. Correct, correct. Okay. It's a, it's a machlaikis, I think, again, the minikai yeshivas, the custom in, in a lot of the, the... And I hate to jump around, but it just jogged my memory. Um, in your synagogue, do you advise people to eat or not eat before Megillah reading when they've just when they're concluding the fast of Tanis Esther? I would tell a person, you know, generally we don't. Oh, but, but, but if you yeah. have to, then you can. But if if you don't feel well, right. you know, I was right. I'll never forget when I was my, when I just turned bar mitzvah. It was either I would just uh, my birthday's an other, and so I either just become bar mitzvah or um, I was uh, I was becoming bar mitzvah. You know, I, it was a year later, perhaps. Um, I, so I actually. Pull out a drink. I was in shul. We were about to start Megillah reading, and um, uh, and I, you know, right after my I, I said, oh, "I got to drink something." You know, so I, I had ready with me a bottle of something or another, and I quickly took a drink. So Rebbetzin Eichetzin, I grew up in St. Louis, and the Rav was Rebbetzin, so I talked with Rocha, and, and his Rebbetzin like saw me. You know, so he said, "You're drinking mashka, right? <laughs> you're, just, what, you're already getting, you know, you're, you're already, already getting drunk." Up. I, you know, like I was like, you know, I just tried to get something down before before McGill. I was a little, you know, little frail little kid. Yeah. But anyway, I, I'll never forget that. Yeah. All right. So again, it's by need, but 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 it, the preference, right? Am I right when people ask me because I, I it frustrates me sometimes when people break for no reason to do that. The preference is correct. to be fasting when the McGill is read, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Preferable afterwards. It's also not so. Uh, Practical again because the United States destroyed our Purim with with, with not our Purim, our Tanis Esther. With well, that with, makes it harder, right? Daylight savings now, time. Right. right. Well, you know, this past year was early, right? And now we have Monday Shabbos for the next two years. So right. actually, it'll be a few years before before we have the question. People are really weak, right? Because they're got to go through the whole Megillah. You know, by the time you're done with Megillah with daylight savings time, it's not. You got to break right. your fast. It's almost as late as Tisha B'av. Right. Um, uh, you know, on the clock, but right. um, daylight savings time destroyed our Pesach seder, and now they've moved it back to the point where it's destroyed our Tanis Esther. It, uh, yes, it's definitely hard, but it saved Mankriyishma Sukkot time. That's true. Um, so actually, that's Sukkot time in Eretz Yisrael. This whole tumult in Eretz Yisrael right. saved Mankriyishma for us Pesach time. Right. Eretz Yisrael. The benefit of, of daylight savings time was that that during Sukkot the Mankriyishma was late enough that. Um, you know, people were able to sleep, I would say late, but right. at least not have to get up, um, you know, super early. How do you recommend I make up the hour at the Seder? Should I take it off of Shulchan Aruch or off of Magid? What do you think? 
Well, 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 one it's the same amount of time. It's just you're starting later and your chatzais is later. Right. So, you know, we, we don't have the ability to change the length of the day. We only have the ability to change uh, you know, start, how we're calling, the, how the we're start, labeling that time. Yeah, the start time is what we have the ability to change. Exactly. And now we're at a start time where the Seder, I don't know what happens in Baltimore, but in New York, it's at a minimum of you know 8.30 before you sit down the first night. And unfortunately, there are a lot of exhausted people. So you're right that you know the, the, the length of the Seder can be the same, but you know people people are dropping out at a certain time. You know what I mean? Right? It's late, and you got to wait till 2021 for that Arab pace of Shechalas B'Shabbos, where ah, you Seder nice and uh, that's great, nice yeah. and fresh. And we'll never have it on standard time again, but as you just said, Tanis Esther does jump into standard time once in a while. So. Correct. And we'll actually change, here, here's something for some Adulah Yod on Purim, we'll actually change the clock on Purim itself in the middle of the night in a few years. I believe it is, um, it is 20, I want to say 2017. Where yes, twenty seventeen. Where you Purim wake is going to be? Where you wake up Purim morning Sunday and it's on daylight savings time. That's correct. So in the middle of the night, uh, actually it's the best of both worlds because Tainus Esther is going to be Short, early, right? And Purim is going to be late, right? Because Tainus Esther will be, be Thursday. To, you know, right. the suit goes later and uh, right. it'll be nicer, longer day. Right. Tainus Esther will be Thursday and then you'll have the long Purim suit on. Uh, well, the show's great because we get to talk about Purim. I know it's unbelievable. I, 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 any listener who doesn't like this segment, I feel terrible because we planned 15 minutes and it always goes 40 minutes. I apologize to everybody, but I just love this stuff. I'll tell you, <laughs> Rabbi David Hemmer is the Cashless Administrator at the Star K. Anything new coming out? Oh, what did you write about recently? What was your most recent? About, actually, just just in the Cashless Currents that just came out, yeah. and it's going to be, it's probably the mail and is going into some of the newspapers, uh, newspapers right? and magazines. Wrote an article about yeshivas. And school, kashas and yeshivas at schools, which is really a topic that has received little attention. And I, I really go through a lot of it's just a checklist of schools, uh, making sure that um, you know whatever is necessary, you know things are coming in properly. Um, even students are being advised on on important issues of kashas. They should they should know even saying things like people going to Yisrael hmm. should be made aware of of, of the issues there with uh, Mrs. Atulis Baritz. Um, and, and really in the schools, you know, what's the, who's monitoring what's coming in? What are the guidelines that people, just, you know, simple things like this. Have, are there written guidelines? Do teachers know? Do the staff know exactly what can and cannot be done? Um, who's, who's monitoring different things that are coming in? You know, a lot, you have luncheons and, and, and lunch programs and, and, you know, some of them are catered inside, some of them are delivered. Who's on top of that? Plus kids sneaking in their own snacks. <laughs> kids, also that, exactly, and, and, and so on. So I get into all that the checklist of, of what, you know, yeshivas and schools, uh, you know, should be doing. And it's obviously a sensitive topic, and I, I address that issue as well. Uh, but it's something that, you know, needs to be addressed in a, in a, in a very proper manner. Uh, and Rabbi Heber is the uh, Rabbi of Congregation Abbas Yisrael, Tzemach Tzedek, down in Baltimore, Maryland as well. I thank you for your time. By the way, I'm sure you're not following this, but I always feel obligated to update you when it comes to things from your past. The team you rooted for when Bob Gibson was pitching, they're, st- they're still in the playoffs. So just okay. Like, they're, they're, they're still hanging in. You may, you may have a big kiddish down there at some point this season. <laughs> I'm waiting for the big Rip Scheinberg kiddish. You know, they always say Rip Scheinberg when he finally, you know, that's the old, his famous story where he once passed a, someone told him the Yankees one, he says, oh, I make a kiddish because I don't, you know, I finally got out. But Lamaisa, thanks for the good news. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that, but I heard the story with Herb Scheinberg that when he passed a newspaper and saw that the Yankees had won, it still gave him a little, 
a little Hana. Yeah. You know, so I, I guess we've heard conflicting accounts. Huh? Right, right, right. It depends. It depends which Talmuds hold it over. Right? <laughs> exactly. It depends if that Talmud stole a baseball fan or not. Yeah. <laughs> Rabbi Heber, thank you so much. I wish you a very happy five seven seven four. You too, you too. I good you are to you, 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 your family, and all of your listeners. Amen. We should celebrate many Sibkas together. Rabbi David Heber, always great speaking to him on the Jewish calendar and three million other topics, including this question. If you missed it earlier, we did address the question about when 600,000 people gathered together in the Jewish world. Is a special bracha made? A question that came up. Uh, during the uh, funeral of Ravad Yosef, where the estimates, uh, there were estimates up to 850,000 uh, police estimates of people who were gathered together. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning. Hema from Shalshalis Volume, uh, Shalshalis Junior Volume Two. Idan, of course, the uh, lead vocalist on that. We like playing that song. Ari Goldwag Menucha from the uh, brand new Amechad. Yummy Lowy with Miadir was number one in our Nine at Nine this past Tuesday night, the debut edition of Nine at Nine with Yossi Zweig. Will it remain number one? I don't know. You get to vote. That's right. You get to vote once each week. Go to the uh, Nine at Nine tab on top of the uh, on the top line at NachumSiegel.com and uh, check it out. Rain today, tonight, tomorrow, low tonight, uh, high today, 59, low tonight, 58, tomorrow at 61. We're at 88 in Yerushalayim, 54 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Big lineup today at jmtheam.org. Big, big lineup on our network. Charlie Harari is on right after JM and the AM this morning. Charlie Harari is on right after JM and the AM this morning. He'll be talking about what blocks us from having great relationships at home, work, and with others. He'll welcome your questions as well. Charlie Harari live this morning, 9 until 10 Eastern Time on the stream. JMandTheAM.org Miriam Wallach is going to be presenting That's Life from uh, 10 until 11 this morning, Eastern Time on the stream at JMandTheAM.org and she has some fabulous guests. Actor, Marine, Orthodox Jew, and comedian Dave Rosner about the TV pilot he's shooting in Hawaii called Hasidic in Hawaii. <laughs> comedian and former Israeli tank gunner Joel Chasnoff. This uh, Sunday night he'll be uh, the featured entertainer at the Amuna event in Brooklyn, New York. I've always wanted to interview Joel, and uh, Miriam beat me to it. She's got him today between 10 and 11. And uh, Fran Hermes, president of Amuna, with all the events going on this weekend in the New York, New Jersey area. She'll speak with uh, Miriam between 10 and 11 this morning on the stream at jmandtheam.org. Check that out. I'll do a live lunch until 1. Uh, Dr. David Lieberman between 1 and 2. Um, album of the Week has been announced by uh, Mark Zamek. Days are coming from Shlomo Kalbach. I'll be sitting in tonight for... Um, Michael Fragan on Spin Class, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, as we get closer and closer to Election Day. That's all happening today on the network at jmandtheam.org. Traveling Hasidim come for their fourth annual Shabbos at the New Springville Jewish Center on Staten Island. The Traveling Hasidim will include a Kumsitz-style lively concert on Saturday night. Information, contact the New Springville Jewish Center as they get ready to welcome the Traveling Hasidim tomorrow. This coming Sunday, the Cantor's Minister's Guild presents a special memorial concert for the 80th yard site of the late, great Cantor Yesela Rosenblatt. There will be rare film footage of Cantor Rosenblatt. It's all happening 7.30 p.m. this coming Sunday at B'nai Israel of Linden Heights, 9th Avenue and 46th Street in Brooklyn, New York. Cantor's uh, Schneer, Zalman Baumgarten, Ushi Blumenberg, Pinchas Cohen, Eiser Newman, Yaakov Rosenfeld, Robert Vag, Daniel Gildar, all participating. Information at 718-213-9046, 718-213-9046. Joel Chasnoff, as we told you, he'll be uh, entertaining everybody with his amazing sense of humor. Kingsway Jewish Center for the Amuna event this coming Sunday night. 
Information 718-864-3962. Uh, what else do you have to tell you? Mothers of Multiples meets Tuesday night. Mothers of Multiples on the topic of strep. Clearing up misconceptions. This coming Tuesday at 8 p.m. with Dr. David Klein, attending physician, Maimonides Infants and Children's Hospital. Mothers of Multiple Support Group meets this coming Tuesday, 8 p.m. at Maimonides Hall on 49th Street. Information, Mati Berkowitz at yahoo.com. M-A-T-T-I Berkowitz at yahoo.com for all the information. Check out our community calendar online, folks. Oh, yes. You want to make sure to check out our community calendar online. Lots of great stuff going on. So check it out. Community calendar online. You go to jmnam.org, click on community calendar, and that takes care of the rest. Oh, I just noticed on our community calendar, the 21st annual Israel Real Estate Exhibition, the Real Estate Information Show, Heads to New York this coming Sunday and Monday, starting at noon Sunday at the Grand Hyatt Hotel in New York City. Um, that's the 21st Annual Israel Real Estate Information Show. Go to our website, community calendar section of jmm.org, and you'll see it. Starts at 12 noon this coming Sunday. Young Israel of West Hempstead has a clothing drive for Yad Leah this coming Sunday. That's up there in our community calendar. The Comedy Night with Joel Chasnoff is up there. The Rosenblatt concert is up there. Check out the community calendar section, jmnam.org. Click on community calendar, and you will be enlightened about everything happening in our amazing community. All right. JM in the AM. We've got some YBC here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M., <coughs> YBC Live from volume number three here at J.M. in the A.M. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last week we introduced a brand new segment, which continues today during our live lunch. At 12.30 Eastern Time today and on Thursdays in general, when we um, when we present the live lunch, which is every Thursday uh, between 11 and 1, according to the new schedule. Uh, Aaron Schechter from Adorama and Dr. Bruce Rudolph uh, Dr. Bruce Rudolph, Dr. Stephen Rudolph, I apologize, I'm thinking of Rabbi Bruce Rudolph, and Dr. Stephen Rudolph of uh, Maimonides Medical Center will each leave their respective um, uh, places of work for a few minutes. Aaron from Adorama's headquarters on uh, West 18th Street in Manhattan, and Dr. Rudolph from uh, the Stroke Center at Maimonides Medical Center, and they will do on our live lunch, what they've been doing for 25 years, which is talking about the latest in technology. Dr. Rudolph considers himself, or calls himself, I should say, a geek uh, neurologist. I believe that's the uh, word he uses in explaining his expertise, and he does have amazing expertise, and obviously Aaron Schechter brings a tremendous amount of expertise to the table. I'm trying to get them to switch football teams, by the way, at this point, but uh, they're not giving up yet. They're not giving up on their beloved Giants. Uh, so that's happening at 12.30 today. Make sure to be tuned in on the stream. If you're somebody who always is seeking technical advice or advice on technical, uh, on techie stuff, let's put it that way, uh, it is a, a great segment that we have for you during the live lunch on Thursdays, 12 minutes before 9 o'clock. It is Thursday at JM and the AM. Tomorrow, Malcolm Holmline with the news of the week. We'll be talking about everything that went on this week, or at least as many things as we can get to. Plus, I was told that members of the uh, chairmanship of the Conference of Presidents of past years will join us tomorrow morning as their big dinner is coming up next week. We'll get a word or two from some of them tomorrow. That's what I'm told, at least. Haven't gotten any confirmation uh, about what their feelings are regarding the last quarter of a century in Jewish life in this amazing world of ours. It's all coming up tomorrow. Make sure you're tuned in right here at JM in the AM.
Just got a uh, text from Aaron Schechter. The geek and the maven, he say, will be talking today about the Sony new smartphone camera gadget. So they're already very much prepared for their conversation coming up later on in our stream at jmandtheam.org. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 FM, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Charlie Harari is next on our stream on the topic of relationships and relationship blocking. 
It's coming up between 9 and 10. Miriam L. Wallach with a couple of great comedians and representatives of Amuna. Uh, all happening between 10 and 11. It looks like it's going to be a great That's Life show. 11 until 1, I'll be with you with a live lunch. 1 o'clock, Dr. David Lieberman. I'll be sitting in for Michael Fragan tonight with Spin Class. Plenty more tomorrow, of course, on jmtheam.org. And on Jam in the AM, make sure to be tuned in all through the morning. Have a wonderful Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.